Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in, excuse me, Acts 22. It's basically a continuation of what's happening from verse 21 and some of 20. And it will actually continue into 23. Um, If you remember, Paul has been, he's caused a stir in the city of Jerusalem. And the the, uh, army has come in or the leaders in the guards of Jerusalem from Rome have arrived, <coughs> excuse me, and they've arrested him, but sort of not. So he's speaking to the crowd. He riled the crowd up, and then he asked to be be able to speak to him again. But before we get started in, in moving into the reading, let's just open with a word of prayer. Father God, thank you for this day and for all that you've done. I'm grateful for who you are and for the fact that you love me. I just lift up this time and pray that we would we would learn that our hearts, our minds, and our spirits would be open to you. I pray that you would heal where where there's healing needed. I pray that you'd restore where restoration is required. And I just pray, Father, that you would be with each and every person, that you'd be with us as we go through our own challenges and trials, that we would remember to turn to you and not to ourselves and not to others. I just pray that you would guide us and point us in the right direction and that you would speak to us and speak to our spirits. In Jesus' name, amen. So before we get started, I'm going to just really quick, there's there's a number of, if you've been going with me, if you've been following me through this, um, the various series that we've done and whatnot, you'll know that one of the challenges and things I struggle with is I'm a very process-oriented person. And so for me, it's like, okay, if I want to achieve X, then I need to do the following things and take the following steps. And as I go about doing that on my spiritual walk, I want to get closer to God. I want to be a better son. I want to be a better Christian. I sit there and say, okay, well, I'm going to be obedient and do this podcast. Well, that's just a step in my process. And then it's like, oh, I have these sins that are habitual. Maybe it's, you know, I I swear way too much and I do. Um, maybe there's sex, maybe there's, you know, you know, um, who knows what, right? Maybe it's too, you know, too much alcohol or whatever it might be for each person. And for me, I sit there and I say, okay, I'm going to do the following things to, to get better. But that's all really kind of, not kind of, that's my process. And what God keeps telling me is, <clears throat> is to rest in him. And I don't really know how to do that. And I'm struggle, struggling with that because I'm trying to be, you know, a, a more praying believer. I'm trying to be a, a man of prayer. And I fail. And I fail constantly. And it, then my anger gets brought up and I get pissed. And I just don't know how to stop it and how to, how to be better. And I, tr- I, do my, I take my steps, which is my typical business mentality. I mean, I was a swimmer in high school and college. And I knew if I worked out harder than, you know, my competitors, I would do really well and I'd probably beat them. So for me, it was like, okay, swim laps back and forth, back and forth, sprint, workout, lift, all those great things and be good here with this. It's so much different. 
it's nothing really about me. It's really about God. And the thing I have to do, and it's so difficult, is just relax. He keeps telling me, rest in me. And I don't know how to do that. And that's where the struggle comes in. And I just, and I look at Paul and I read all these different passages, right? And, you know, we just talked about on Father's Day, the, the story of the, uh, the prodigal son and how the son who stayed doesn't even, didn't even realize that he had everything that the father had at his disposal. And I know intellectually I have that, which would then make it so quit swearing and be a man of prayer. But then it's the action part. It's the actual element of, of being able to act on that or live that. That's so challenging. I think that's the challenge for most people is we know what we want and how we want to and potentially how to achieve it. It's whether or not we can actually do it. And that's where it just becomes complete surrender and surrendering to God in all of it. So anyways, hey, when I figure out how to do it, trust me, I'll tell you. <laughs> but that's just kind of one of the things I'm, uh, I'm struggling with and I'm going through right now. So just wanted to share with you in case there's someone else out there who, uh, who's going through similar challenges. Anyway, so we're in, we're in chapter 22, verse 1, and it basically just stopped um, right when Paul was about to and had, was about to start speaking to the crowds. And so if we look at chapter 21, verse 40, it says, After receiving the commander's permission, Paul stood on the steps and motioned to the crowd. When they were all silent, he said to them in Aramaic, and that's where it stopped. It's kind of a cliffhanger. Um, anyway, so let's go ahead and start into 22, verse 1. Brothers and fathers, listen, listen now to my defense. When they heard him speak to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Tozer talks about, oh no, Spurgeon mentions, hey, people like to hear and be spoken to in the, the language that they understand. And I think about, because I'm in sales, I've been in sales my whole life. Um, I've been in operations, but every part of your life is really sales. But, you know, they always talk about the languages that people speak, if they're physical, if they're emotional, if they're, um, if they hear through, you know, if they learn better through hearing versus visual versus anyways. So uh, I digress. Um, then Paul said, I'm a Jew born in Tarsus of Sicily. Sicilia, but brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of, of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison as the high priest and all the t council can themselves testify. I even obtained letters from them to, to their associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. So he's setting his credentials. Hey, I'm kind of a Jew of Jews. I was even appointed and supported by your council, the chief and high priest of your council. I was a true persecutor of, of Jesus. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? 
Who are you, Lord? I asked. It's interesting that he knew he, was, he called him Lord, right? I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have to do. You have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear the words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all the people of what you have seen and heard. And now that you are waiting for, and now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. When I returned to Jerusalem, <laughs> I mean, I thought that was pretty funny. It's like, okay, hey, that was great news. And then, then he, and Ananias is like, well, get off your butt and start doing it. Take a bath, get baptized. And uh, so matter of fact, and wash away your sins. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Anyways, when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance and saw the Lord speaking to me. Quick, he said, leave Jerusalem immediately because the people here will not accept your testimony about me. Lord, I replied, these people know that I went from one synagogue to another to imprison and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then the Lord said to me, Go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. The crowd listened to Paul until he said this. Then they raised their voices and shouted, Rid the earth of him. He's not fit to live. So as soon as they were going to the, he was going to go to the Gentiles, you can really see a true racism or secularism or somethingism at work there. We saw it a little bit back in a couple of chapters ago with even the believers initially. Verse 23, as they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, that to me is just like, (laughs) It, it just reminds me of like monkeys, right? I mean, why do you throw dirt in the air. Anyways, the commander ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks. He directed that he be flogged and interrogated in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. Hey, I'm just going to whip you and then you'll tell me, right? As they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't been found guilty? (laughs) That's a little bomb that he just dropped. When the centurion heard this, he went to the, t- to the commander and reported it. What are you going to do? This man is a Roman citizen, he asked. The commander went to Paul and, and asked, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am, he answered. Then the commander said, I had to pay a lot of money for my citizenship. And bomb number two. But I was born a citizen, Paul replied. See, there was definitely classes. And if you were a foreigner, you could become a Roman citizen, but often, you know, you had to pay for it and, and, or you paid with years and years and years in, in the army your whole life. 
But then there's a different level of citizen, and that's the one who's born a citizen. And they were even more um, special. So this was a huge blow to the centurion and to this this leader. And uh, he's like, rut row. Those who were about to interrogate him withdrew immediately. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul, a Roman citizen, in chains. Bad move. The commander went, wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being accused, what Paul was being accused of by the Jews. So the next day he released him and ordered the chief priest and all the members of the San, Sanhedrin to assemble. Then he brought Paul and had him stand before them. And with that, we'll move on. That's the end of chapter 22. So we'll just end up here real quick with a, a word of prayer. Lord God, thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for being with us. And I thank you that you commune with us and you strengthen us. And I just pray that as we go about our days, that we would remember you, your will and your desire, and that we would bring you honor and glory, that we would pray to you and pray correctly, if there is such a thing, but that we would commune with you consistently, that our hearts and our minds would be focused on you, and that we could truly fellowship with you as Paul did, as all of your people have done. And Lord, I just lift up this time. I lift up these friends. I just pray for your mercy to be be upon all of them. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.